Welcome to Destination Lavender, a podcast all about healing and self-discovery after getting sober. My name is Guiana, and each episode I'll be sharing my personal adventures, tips, triumphs, and lessons that have helped me to better navigate and thrive in sobriety. Today is Destination Lavender's 54th episode called, When Introverts and Ambiverts Are Meant to Lead. Let's get into it. Okay, so... You basically might also just hear like um, some Halloween decorations being triggered in the background, so don't even trip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just want to start with basically giving you the definitions for what is an introvert, what is an extrovert, what is an ambivert. Um, so let's just start there. Um, so dictionary.com defines an introvert as a person who prefers calm environments, limited social engagement, or embraces a greater than average preference for solitude. What is an extrovert? Also defined by dictionary.com as an outgoing, gregarious, or friendly slash sociable person who thrives in dynamic environments and seeks to maximize social engagement. And lastly, what is an ambivert? One whose personality type is intermediate between introvert and extrovert, which is also the definition from dictionary.com. So we have our definitions. We're not talking about extroverts today. We're talking about uh, introverts and ambiverts. Um, The second thing, why am I talking about this? Well, even as someone whose vocation and personal life is quite on display for the public, I'm just now uh <laughs> at 33 realizing that i'm much more ambiverted than i originally thought um i think my whole life i've um kind of defined myself and believed myself to be an extroverted person because i've always been on stages singing since i was very little since i was probably like six years old or so um was when i sang my first solo in church and then from then on i've been in talent shows and choirs and theater and you know now it's it's what i do for a living to perform solo shows and duo quartet so on and so forth um but yeah i i never questioned it before recently um and i think i am still figuring out whether i'm truly an introvert or if i'm actually an ambivert because i do Uh, come alive at times more easily though when it's just me and one or two maybe maximum other people Um, I think around groups much larger than that I tend to shut down and end up being um, more of an observer I end up watching the conversation unfold more so than participating in it so that's number two that's why I'm talking about this Um, and kind of you know the next thing is just to kind of like continue to expand or expound upon my profession, which calls for me to be a person um, who is a people person, who engages many times on a regular basis, weekly with strangers, um, to put on a show, um, to entertain people, to even book myself and promote my skills, my art. Um, If we're talking in terms of my music and my lyrics and all that, it's, you know, the sharing of my deep innermost feelings and and inner processes and experiences that I'm putting out there into the world. And not just in that, but when I uh, 
create a, when I choreograph a dance or I make a painting um, or I also, if you don't know, like um, I'm also a, a writer and a poet as well. So that it's, it's, you know, it's all the same thing. It's, it's taking our insides and putting it outside and putting it into the world. Um, and in terms of the performance aspect, like I'm being seen, I'm being heard. Um, a lot of the time when I really, truly thrive and just want to be in solitude. And that's not to say that there's not positive benefits, positive benefits, benefits are positive. It's not to say that there aren't benefits from the, the lifestyle that I have, the profession that I have. Um, it's, it's nice to engage with people. People are friendly. Um, a lot of times and I meet new people or they share with me how my music impacts them, whether it's a cover or whether it's my original stuff, people reach out to me, um, sometimes online and tell me how my covers online or my original music has impacted them. So it can be really cool and really beautiful. Um, but I just, I think I just realized that it's, um, it's just taken a lot of, um, I don't know, self-awareness to, to kind of figure out why I struggle with it so much. And that brings me to my next point. Um, I've been wondering, wondering for a while why I have so much of an issue with my life being so public. And I think it's because, uh, well, one major reason, I mean, there's, there's several reasons. Uh, people can be cruel the more they know about your life. They feel the need to uh, judge it and critique it. They feel like they have the right to just because you're putting your life on display, which is one problem, right? Um, but another thing is, like I said, I've been, it's, it's just been second nature in many ways. I've been performing on stages since I was very little. Um, as soon as my <laughs> grandmother found out I could sing, she recommended that I sing the song by myself in church at six years old. So uh, the song called His Name is Wonderful. I don't even know who it's by, honestly. I, I've never, I've never looked it up. Uh, but yeah, and I also, like all of the singers uh, who inspired me were also songwriters a lot of the time, and they were also performers. I mean, you know, Janet Jackson and, and Britney Spears and Jennifer Lopez and Mariah Carey, I mean, all of them, you know? Uh, so it just seemed like that was how it was supposed to be, and and obviously, of course, like I, I really do also have a belief, I'm speaking for myself, but I really think this is true also. I think a lot of people who are more emotional and really lean towards creative fields where they pour their hearts out, I mean, I feel like they, in some ways, whether they're more introverted or extroverted or ambiverted, I feel like a lot of ways they, they do actually want to be seen and appreciated and valued by people. And there is a validation factor, um, especially if you come from an upbringing where you didn't get validated for loving those things um, or didn't get validated in the ways that you actually need to be validated as, as, a, as, a, as a kid or as a young person growing up in the world, leaning towards art is, is helpful because it helps, it helps you process things and it helps you get inspired and it helps you be creative and experiment. And um, yeah, it's, it's a way that you can kind of process your stuff and it's also a way that it can help other people when it reaches them. And it's also a way where people, it, it draws people to you. They, they notice you, they, they want to know what you're about. They, um, if they're, uh, kindred spirits, they want to know where you were at in your life when you wrote a particular piece or you created a particular work of art. 
Uh, they apply it to their own life, as we all probably do when we experience art that people have made of various types in the world, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I, just, I just thought that's how it was supposed to be. Um, but then the next point is a question presented itself to me. Um, what happens when, well, several questions, but the leading question was, what happens when introverts are meant to lead? And, you know, we'll add ambiverts in there because, like I said, I, I haven't really decided <laughs> which one I am. But ambiverts, because at least some portion of the time they're introverted in their nature. Um, what happens when introverts, ambiverts are meant to lead? What happens when your life's direction keeps pointing you to positions and places and social groups where you have to use your voice, be visible, and share your personal story openly? Well, I think first it'd be good to probably unpack a little bit what it means to be a leader. Now, there's several definitions on dictionary.com about what it means to be a leader. I didn't really love a lot of them. A lot of them have to do with literally taking the word to lead or to guide, uh, military ranks, things of that nature. And then the one that actually feels the most you know, uh, connected to my understanding of what I think a leader is, is one who inspires others is what I got from dictionary.com. And then I go on for myself to believe that I think it means to shine a light for those around you where maybe there previously was no light. I think it means to shine a light inside of yourself as well and do things that will heal you in order for you to, to learn about yourself and to grow and also so others can learn from you and hopefully grow in their own lives and learn more about themselves. Um, I don't think leading means being the star of the show, being a tyrant, being controlling, or having a title. But, I mean, it can obviously look that way, but I think that those examples are more the dark sides of leading. I think the light side or, or how it's hopefully supposed to be when, it, when things are balanced is that a good leader is a team player who knows how to admit when they're wrong, who knows how to take direction as well as give it. And I think leaders lead best when they are graceful or have learned through life experience how to be graceful with themselves and as a result they can be graceful with other people so that's what i think it means to be a leader and then back to the question of what does it mean when an introvert or an ambivert is called to lead in spaces that are bustling with energy sound and people pretty much the polar opposite of where they feel safe and comfortable um well i think the obvious first answer for me is that you can say no you can in fact, refuse the inner tug to be a leader. You can say hard pass and go on with your life as you did before. No harm done. Or you can say yes. You can be open and curious about what that can look like or how that can look. Example, when I said yes to the inner pool to create this podcast almost two years ago now, it... I mean, I wasn't caught up about, funny enough, about how much personal information was going to be out in the open for people to hear and learn about me. I was more concerned, honestly, with the content and how I was going to make it and if I was going to have enough content to sustain a podcast and how to get the whole project off the ground. I mean, there's, there's so many elements to building a podcast and designing a logo and getting it on all the platforms and figuring out a concept that is 
broad enough that you can have lots of things to talk about, but also singularly focused enough to where it doesn't just sound like you're talking about miscellaneous stuff all the time. And now, almost two years in, it's finally occurring to me that I don't love my business being out there. Even if sharing my story is part of my journey and my air quote calling, let's say. And this situation became even more like obvious to me that like, I think it's just a thing that I'm gonna have to get used to. I mean, every facet of my life that I really enjoy creating in ends up being on display. And it doesn't always have to be that way. Like I love to do more than just sing and play guitar. A lot of people don't know I like to do other things, but I've been drawing and painting my whole life. I've been dancing my whole life. I've been a poet, you know, um, I used to do poetry slam culture, um, a lot of things. So it's like some of that stuff can just be for me. I think that's something that people who are introverts and ambiverts who also simultaneously are in a vocation or a lifestyle or a, a career path where they are out in the open and they have to be social to, to network and all that and to put their stuff out there to like remember like everything you do doesn't have to be on display. Like some of it can actually be for you. Some of it can actually be that to fuel you and to recharge you. But the point that I'm making is um, I recently started doing a yoga certification and I initially was just doing it because I wanted to get in shape and also because I love yoga. Um, and yes, I also recognize the wellness and the mental and the spiritual benefits of doing a regular physical practice such as this one. Um, but I'm also reading a book right now. Uh, I mentioned in the last podcast with my uh, friend and neighbor and fellow sober yogi, Heather. Um, the book is called How to Quit Like a Woman. And it's about, you know, a woman's sobriety journey. And I flipped ahead like, I don't know, several chapters just because that's what I do when I'm getting burnt out on reading a physical book in my hands in front of my face is I'm like, how much more of this book do I have to read? Because um, I really struggle with reading books. I really thrive with audiobooks because, like I said, like when you struggle with dyslexia and ADHD, it's just it's just hard to focus. So anyway, I flipped ahead by no mistake to a page where the author was talking about meditation and and breath and the body and yoga and how getting her certification um, in pranayama, which is a form of breath in, in yoga and um getting certified as a yoga instructor, how that really took her recovery to the next level. So that was my first like kind of like nudge that I felt on the inside from just like, oh, maybe as a fellow sober person who's getting back into yoga, like, and who actually had been heavily already considering getting certified, but just didn't know when it was gonna happen, didn't know how it was gonna look, um, had a couple of local options for doing it in person, um, but just still didn't know how it was gonna look. It's also quite expensive to get certified in yoga trainings that are in person. Um, and then it occurred to me, like, it just kept coming up. Like, I just kept having these, like, experiences where I would, I would just see another person that I had never met online somewhere getting certified. And um, it just, it, it occurred to me that online options can happen and can be a thing. And it's just another example of, you know, it'd be cool to get certified just to be certified, but I'm not certified just to be certified. I mean, obviously... There's, I know just from like diving into this certification online, there's so much information about the poses or the asanas as they're called, about the philosophy of the culture, about 
um, about the spiritual nature. And so there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of transformative things that, I, that are already happening in me and that I know are going to continue to happen as I practice and even beyond the certification and the completion of the training. But I'm getting certified also so I can teach people. I'm not going to be teaching people. I mean, I mean, I, I might teach an online course, but the point is, is that it's another avenue um, where I am, again, being put in the position to guide others. And I'm just like, at the time I was like, yes, this is awesome. I'm, I, I'm so happy I said yes to this. I'm so happy I'm doing this. And then I, it, it's occurring to me, the more time I get deeper into the training, I'm like, at some point, I'm going to have to teach in front of people. That's terrifying. It's not something... I'm used to doing. I mean, I'm. I mean, opening my mouth and singing, even playing guitar. I mean, those things can be challenging, but it's way easier than taking my focus and putting it on a person and making sure that their body is in correct alignment and making sure that the flow of my classes are going well. And there's just so many elements that I hadn't considered when I said yes to God about this certification. I was just excited that I was being led to do something that I wanted to do anyway. Um, and I believe that when we're led to do things, it's, it's, it's to heal us, it's to transform us first and foremost, but I think it's ultimately the purpose is to, to help and to guide other people and to be there for other people. And not that like, I'm just like, you know, whatever, some, some great, whatever, some great leader who needs to be in the spotlight needs to guide people on their way. It's not an ego thing. I mean, obviously I think a lot of times in life in general, I think I have to, force my ego to get out of the way. I mean, I think we all do. I hope we all do. But I think the bottom line is that it's a situation where I feel like I've been encouraged to do it so that I can ultimately lead, even though I'm scared to do it. Um, and I said yes. And I will continue to know on this journey like what that's going to look like for me. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's an example. Like, you just... You can say yes, even if more truths and realities of how that yes is going to play out in your life becomes clear to you after you say yes, as many times it will, and it'll probably keep transforming. Um, so that's one way it can look if you say yes. Um, another thing is that I've been kind of like deciding lately is, you know, can there be boundaries to how much I share on my podcast and my music and in, in my whatever? Um, that's creative that's that I consider putting out into the world and the answer is yes of course there can and it'll be different for everyone everyone has different thresholds uh, different capacities for what they want to share what they want to keep inside all that I'm still learning how to do this I'm still learning how to balance my ever decreasing or seemingly at least decreasing social battery with the blazing torch of calling that's apparently on my life um, it doesn't have to be perfect and there are no rules I can adjust and so can you. And then I'll say, this means that I also have to take seriously, as I've mentioned many times throughout this podcast, the, the prioritization of my wellness practices so that I can make sure I'm not burnt out when I have social engagement or work or other projects that involve me giving of myself, whether it's creating content to release online performing live shows, networking in person, or making calls even to new potential clients for the first time, and you have to do that like weird self-promotion sales pitch thing to make people be interested in you, which I hate. I'll just keep it 100. I don't love it. But it's part of, it's part of the territory. It comes with the job of being 
um, of being an artist, of being a creative who has made their art and um, something that they do for a living. Um, and even deeper than something that I do for a living, it's like it's my life's passion. So I'm happy to do it, but it's also there's a business side of it as well, which I, I can say as a creative person first, a creative person and a business person second, I really struggle with that. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, like I think the, the yoga thing is helping me to take more seriously the balance of making sure that I get that in several times a week, uh, making sure that I spend more time in solitude, that I meditate, um, that I prioritize even still the, the relationships that matter to me, um, that, that refuel me on a social level. And so that I have enough in my tank fuel slash energy wise to do the things that are required of me because of the vocation that I have. So that's what I have. That's what I have on here, um, about introverts and ambiverts who are, in my opinion, apparently meant to lead. What about you? Are you an introvert or an ambivert out there? Do you feel like you keep finding yourself in positions where you are being made to use your voice, share your personal story, lead people, guide people, uh, be an example of some way that involves your first and foremost self-transformation so that you can actually be a clear light to other people, or hopefully not a perfect light, but just someone who has done enough work that they actually have something to share and contribute that other people can learn from. And also you're learning from them, by the way. It's not just your teaching and, and you're, you're, you're shedding this, this golden light on people and that's it. Like they're also teaching you. I think that's how it's supposed to be. It's an exchange, but nevertheless, you're still being called to lead and be in that position. So, um, yeah, let me know your thoughts on social media. Um, if you are not yet following me, um, you can reach out on, uh, destination lavender on instagram um if you are not aware i'll keep letting y'all know about this the podcast is now happening on a monthly basis and not uh bi-monthly anymore so just one episode a month um also just follow the community destination lavender not just instagram but also youtube tiktok and facebook if you want to support what i'm doing um on any level creatively please consider becoming one of my patrons at patreon.com slash guiana or uh, you can follow uh, the link on my YouTube channel, um, my regular Guiana YouTube channel, and you can just donate a little something to my Venmo if you appreciate what I do. And maybe you don't have the capacity to contribute on a monthly basis, although it is only $5 a month. Maybe you just want to give me like a one-time one uh, love offering. You can do that too. Um, otherwise, stay well. Keep enjoying these episodes, hopefully. Um, learning alongside me as I'm learning and I will talk to y'all next month. Take care.